Welcome everyone to the Raining Threes podcast. My name is Tyler. My name is Jack. And today we'll be going over uh, all the crazy NBA offseason moves, um, which included the highlight of Paul George and Kawhi Leonard going to the Los Angeles Clippers out west on the on the west coast. So basically we're going to be going over just what we thought. We'll go over the NBA draft that happened all the way back in June. Um, maybe our best best uh, team that came out of that and maybe the worst team and then uh, we'll go over predictions and NBA playoffs later in another episode but for right now Jack I think the Clippers obviously won the NBA offseason I think Utah would be a come close second but what do you think about Clippers do you agree with them getting the number one overall for their offseason plan yeah I like their overall offseason the only thing that would them is if they don't um, like win in the next two or three years there's a chance that like both Paul George and Kawhi could leave in like the same summer and then they would be like in big trouble because they have they traded like every pick they have until like 2030 so they wouldn't really have much of a future unless Shamit becomes like the next Kobe Bryant or something. So in the, in the short term they obviously you're saying in the short term they've won, but in the long term, in two years, both their stars could leave and they'll be left with a 33-year-old Patrick Beverly and a Montrezl Harold who may not get re-signed. Yeah, it just it's a little it's risky, but it's worth the risk at the same time. It's definitely worth the risk, you, just as like Toronto did last year, you know, with Kawhi. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially for a team that's never won a championship, because like Toronto, you saw the the difference in their sort of. The way they're perceived just after one ring, I think if the Clippers can bring one home, it'll all be worth it in the long run. And I think they will just because at some point in the next two years, definitely, you know, I think they had their best chance this year just because um, it's more wide open than it has been in years past where the Miami Heat or the Golden State Warriors have always been the favorites. But you have the defensive mindset of Paul George and Patrick Beverly and Kawhi Leonard leading the charge. But you also have sixth man of the year who almost always gets the award named after him, Lou Williams. You got Landry Sham, who's very um, uh, blossomed as a rookie last year. Montrezl Harrell. Zubak they got from Mike Muscala pretty much last year. So um, they definitely have pieces to build around, um, yet they still have Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. So um, it's tough. It's going to be tough to beat that team in the playoffs just because, you know, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard, they're arguably two of the top, like, what, ten players in the league. And once you add, you know, Patrick Beverly and all those players I mentioned, it's going to be hard to beat them. But, you know, in the short term, Paul George's shoulder, that's something that we have to monitor. Um, but also during the regular season, both their uh, load management, that's probably going to impact them as well. So uh, Clippers regular season, it may not be as good as the playoffs for my mindset. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I had them just based off of, like, way too early predictions. I have them as like a four or five seed, not because they're the fourth or fifth most talented team, but the way their team is constructed, I do think they're going to rest their stars uh, throughout the season as well as not really stress too much about getting a high seed in the playoffs because the Clippers, like sharing an arena kind of, this is the point of a home field advantage. So it's like one of those things where if you're the Clippers, you're probably not too worried about the difference of being like a three seed and a five seed. Whereas if you're another team like Utah, maybe that'd be a much bigger deal in your book. Right, and you just mentioned Utah, where they added 
Uh, Mike Conley, Bohan Bogdanovich. They added uh, uh, Ed Davis. Um, all amazing players um, added to the Utah Jazz team who already have uh, Donovan Mitchell, Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert. And uh, I honestly think that they have a really great chance of winning the NBA championship this year just because, um, in my mindset, I think defense um, does still win championships in this era, even though, you know, you have like the Currys of the league and, um, you know, Kawhi Leonard with his defense and, um, you know, Serge Ibaka, um, you know, and that, that defensive mindset that the Toronto Raptors had um, beating the Golden State Warriors, even though they had the injury to Kevin Durant. I think the Utah Jazz had silently one of the best off seasons, even though I said the Clippers did. Um, I think the Jazz, they're going to be very interesting this year. I have them in my current predictions. I have them as the uh, three seed, um, just to Denver and Clip and the Los Angeles Clippers. But um, I think with Donovan Mitchell taking his step and being around Team USA this summer, um, they're going to be in the World Cup, but adding him with Mike Conley, mentoring him, I think they honestly have like a great chance to win the NBA Finals in my opinion, even even to the likes of LA Clippers, um, who I think is the biggest threat right now. Uh, what, what do you think, Jack, in terms of the Jazz making it through the playoffs this year? Yeah, I definitely think they have, I mean, clearly a much improved team from last year's team. Um, the only thing with me is, in the years past, that you've seen the playoffs team kind of able to focus in on Donovan Mitchell because he's really, like, their best option offensively by far, but I think with the additions of not only Mike Conley but Bogdanovich, I had I got to watch him on my favorite team for the past two years. He's definitely like if he's your third or fourth option, you have a good offensive team. So I think, like you said, defense does win championships, but having those other options alongside Mitchell would be just as valuable to me. And Jack, I, I mean I agree with you. Um, you know I saw Bohan Bogdanovich. A career high three point percentage of forty three percent from downtown last year, and he's pretty much. I pretty I think he's pretty much like a a rich man's Joe Ingles in my opinion. I think they have similar game sets, um, but uh, you know, with with already Joe Ingles, Rudy Gobert, who's been a defensive player of the year in the past. You know, like you said, I think they have like a um, great chance to build something there in Utah because, you know, it's some somehow they always screw up the beginning of the year, but their second half. They always somehow come back and they make a statement in that second half of the year. So, um, Denver um, is also an interesting team this year. They had a quiet off season. Um, they they kept everybody. They brought back Millsap. Um, they re-signed Jamal Murray uh, to that max deal, and they also um, oh man, was it Jeremy Grant they brought in Jack? Yeah, they traded like their like first round pick for him or something. They brought in Jeremy Grant. Um, they still have Will Barden. Uh, they still got Gary Harris. Um, bringing back Michael Porter Jr., that's also going to be huge for them. We haven't even seen him play a minute in the NBA, but I feel as if you know he had the potential to be a number one pick before his injury, and he's feeling good right now after his knee sprain in the summer. So I have Denver as my actual one seed in the regular season. I think they have that much depth. I think they have that much talent on that roster um, to make a run. I don't think they're going to be able to get through the Western Conference but um, I don't know, Jack. How do you have them in the regular season? I'm pretty. I have them as the two seed. That's where I had them locked in. I do think the. Um, I like the way how they're building their team with, like you said, last year's pick, uh, Michael Porter Jr. And then this year with Bull Bull, as getting these kind of, you know, a little bit like 
they're not quite there yet, but the the potential is there for them to break out. And I think with a young team that's already has a solid core, like you said, with Jokic basically surrounded by Murray and Malik Beasley, Gary Harris, those kind of guys, I think it's important to take a chance on one of those like injured prospects because like the ceiling for that makes their team their team ceiling overall better. And I think their window is more in the future, but I think that with Jokic as their you know, lead man, I don't see why they can't be like a contender for the next like five to seven years. Definitely Jokic is the key man there. Um, I actually have him uh, as my sneak peek for tomorrow. Whenever we record the episode, I have him as my MVP this year. Um, second, uh, I have LeBron James right behind him if he plays point guard. Um, but I have I have Nikolai Jokic making that big step this year. I think he's that, that talented. Um, I think somehow, some way, the Joker is going to be able to get it done for the Nuggets just because... Um, I have the Nuggets obviously as my number one seed and the best player number one seed putting up that MVP numbers that's what I have him as um, I think he's that talented I think he's that good and you know bringing the Denver Nuggets to the number one seed at least in my projection he's the number one seed um, that's that, and I mean like as the team is better um, that elevates the chance amazingly for an MVP opportunity as you saw on the Milwaukee Bucks um, got the, did they get the two seed or the one seed this year, Jack? It was the one seed. Yeah, so. It was the best, most wins in the league. So even, even though Giannis, um, you know, put up those amazing numbers, his team had the number one record. And I think that's helped out a lot because it's in the regular season is what it's based off of. It's not in um, the playoffs where, I, Jack, I don't understand how the awards are after the playoffs, even though they're based on the regular season. Yeah, they should really fix the timing on that because it, it kind of skews people's opinions. Like if if Giannis, for whatever reason, just sucked in the playoffs, they would probably he probably lose some votes just because of you know recency bias. But I don't know why they do it that way. I think it's just to keep you know people interested for as long as they can, I guess. And we didn't talk about um, we talked about the Clippers, but we didn't talk about how Kawhi Leonard and Paul George got to the Clippers where Kawhi Leonard tried to pursue um, a lot of uh, free agents and current players uh, in terms of Kevin Durant. Um, he actually was in talks with Paul George um, to get to the LA, uh, to the Clippers, where he basically told the Clippers, you know, if you get Paul George, yeah, I'll sign with you. And I think they gave up, what, like six first-rounders or something, including pick as swaps. As well as, yeah, as well as SGA. Um, their first round pick last year who was very good on defense and offense Uh, he was someone that I've heard in the past uh, from Brian Windhorst and Woj that they really could not like that was the one player they did not want to get rid of but if it was to get Kawhi Leonard and Paul George and that was a player that they had to get rid of um, where the Thunder would not accept anything else and now we're talking about the Oklahoma City Thunder without Russell Westbrook and Paul George um, where they added uh, Chris Paul um, SGA, um, they still have some pieces there, but I don't know how well Steven Adams is going to, you know, with, with the moving era. Um, he's still like an absolute amazing rebounder. And without Russell Westbrook, they're getting those rebounds. who averaged over 10 a game last year and years past. He could improve in that number. But, you know, Oklahoma, uh, the um, Oklahoma City Thunder, they're my 14th seed this year. Um, really, really low. Um, and, you know, just without those two players, who are their main core moving forward. I don't see them doing anything this year. 
and I mean like they were looking for a trade for Chris Paul even but they you know it's hard to move with his max contract and um, you know they have they still have some pieces there but I don't know how much we'll be able to moving forward um, what, do you, what do you think about the, the Thunder this year Jack? I have them slightly I mean I don't think their team is good I should start off by saying that I don't think they're playoff contender I don't think they'll I have about like 30 wins but I do think having Chris Paul having Gallinari having Steven Adams can get you there as well as you know they brought back Dennis Schroeder Nerlens Noel they still have like obviously they picked up SGA as well but like there's not a whole lot of offensive options which I think is a sign that there could be a big year out of like Gallinari or even like Chris Paul could put up like system was like he did back in his Clippers days but other than that I don't think they'll translate much to wins I mean they, they still have options young prospects they can bring like to try and um, like develop they have the winner of the dunk contest Diallo they have uh, they have Terrence Ferguson who's a very good um, lengthy defensive option there at shooting guard or could play the wing um, but those two players they could try and develop, but with Chris Paul and Shea Gilgis Alexander being in that uh, that backcourt, I feel as if you know that those options are taken. So um, they picked up Darius Baisley in the first round this year for a trade. Um, he did the New Balance internship. I honestly don't know too much about his game and what he does, but he was supposed to be a top high school prospect going to Syracuse, I believe. Um, yeah. But I, I don't know too much about his game. We haven't seen him play in about a year because um, his New Balance internship kept him from going to Syracuse, and he accepted that. And um, I'm not sure how well he's going to be able to be there. Uh, I don't even know. What, who's going to be there for, Jack? Gallinari. Oh, Gallinari, play, that's right. Play small a little bit, but he's like 6'10", so it's not really that small. It's just more spacing, I guess. But I don't think... I think... Uh, Basley is interesting. I don't know if he'll uh, get a whole lot of playing time this year, but just because he's, I think he's still 18, it's just like one of those where you're going into a rebuild, why not give him a shot? Because you have like a, what it was like a mid 20 first round pick, so it's like you might as well get give him a shot and see what he can turn into. Because he has, he's very like very raw from what I've looked up about him. Like he doesn't have a whole lot of you know, defined skills yet, but I think there's potential there for sure. Alright, there's a couple teams I want to go through here and see your opinion about them. One is the uh, Toronto Raptors, and uh, they didn't really add anybody, to be honest with you. Um, they just lost, um, you know, the, the NBA Finals MVP and Kawhi Leonard. Um, they did well in his absence, I remember. I think they only lost, like, a couple of games when he didn't play for a load management. Um, what seed or like how well do you project them to be in the future this year in the Eastern Conference? I have them as somewhere between a four and a six seed. And I say that just because I think they can go one of two ways where they can kind of think of themselves as contenders again going into like the trade deadline. And then there's also a situation where they're like, maybe sitting at that like 6-7 seed and they don't really see a path through the playoffs so they give up some of their expiring deals like Marcus Gasol or like Serge Ibaka, Kyle Lowry and then just kind of go into a rebuild but I'll just go for the best case scenario with we'll like a 4 seed and then I think a lot of it comes down to how good Pascal Siakam can be as like a number one option 
He, I think he could be most improved player. A, oh yeah, he, I think he has the ability to make another another step up. But I don't know if it's fair for them to expect him to like put up like twenty four a night. Like he, I think he put up what like seventeen, eighteen a game Something last, like that. last year. So like, I could see maybe like twenty one. But like, you know, it's it, they're asking a lot out of them, and I think it'll come down to how good the vets can be, and then. Like, they brought in uh, Hollis Jefferson as well as Stanley Johnson to kind of fill in that Kawhi role. Obviously, they still have Ananobi, who didn't really play much last year because he had, like, he had, like, appendicitis or something in the playoffs, so he didn't get a whole lot of playing <laughs> it was like an, Yeah, it was like an emergency surgery or something. Like Yeah, I was like, because he was decent as a rookie. He had a really bizarre kind of sophomore year, so I wonder if he can come back and, you know, do something for them as a starter, but... I think you have to respect him as a defending champ, but at the same time, like, if you lose your best player, who's clearly, like, your go-to guy, it'll make you take, you make, make you take a step back at least somewhat. I have them as a six seed this year, um, and I, I, have, I have Indiana as a three seed, and I have them playing Indiana, and uh, Indiana obviously lost uh, Bohan Bogdanovich, um, but they added Jeremy Lamb and Malcolm Brogdon. Um, Stack, who, who do you see starting at the three for Indiana this, this upcoming season? And also, do you see Sabonis and Miles um, Turner starting in the lineup this year? I do see them starting in the lineup this year, but I also see I'm having a clairvoyant moment where I see that there's potential that one of them gets shipped by the end of the year. I'm not happy about it necessarily, but like, I just from my experience of what I've seen the last two years of them trying to play together, I I worry about how they kind of work off of each other. So I don't know that it's like a long-term fit. Like maybe you can find something for Sabonis or Turner. I think Turner's probably safer because he already signed his extension. But, you know, I'm not like a part of the team. I'm just a fan of the team. And then for the small forward spot, I would say my best bet would be TJ Warren. And then... Like, maybe once Oladipo comes back, he can play a little bit smaller and have Jeremy Lamb at the three, and then Warren as, like, a six-man. But, I mean, I think they're kind of... They're going a lot more positionless than they have in the past couple of years, where, like, last year you had Collison was clearly the point guard, Bogdanovich was clearly the small forward, Thad was clearly the four. Whereas now it's just kind of like, on the perimeter you have three guys that can score the ball, pass the ball, and defend somewhat, and then... On the inside, you have Sabonis and Turner who can kind of, you know, work with each other's negatives a little bit and try to make it work, which I think it, I think it can to some extent, but at the same time, I don't know. Uh, because another guy I want to talk about being Goga. I was... Uh, what a man, what a guy. I was surprised to see the pick because I, I liked everything I saw from him as like a as a prospect and everything, but it just didn't even cross my mind that he would be selected as a pacer because of, we already have, you know, some good depth at the big man spot, but like, if he can get to his, you know, if he can have a solid rookie year, then I think they can feel more comfortable about maybe shipping out Sabonis or Turner or just working with what they have and trying to get, you know, do their own thing with that. So, so the other options, um, first of all, the Pacers drafted um, Goga 
at number 18. But um, I feel as if they could have drafted um, Nicier Little, um, Kevin Porter, or um, Ty Jerome. I feel as if they could have um, drafted either one of those three. But Goga, say they dra- say say they um, see they shift out um, one of those two. Goga can easily step up and be one of those go-to guys for them on the inside. Now I don't know about him starting at the four because um, I don't know about his shooting ability. But from what I've seen is he does have a handle, Jack. He has a sneaky yeah. hand. He has a sneaky handle is what I've seen um, from those like grainy European <laughs> highlight yeah. videos. Um, well, the, the big thing for me is he, I always hear that he played in the same squad as Jokic. I'm not expecting him to be even close to Jokic's abilities coming out, but like if he can be just like a miniature version of that, that's fine by me. Like that's very good value at the 18th pick, you know? I think it was pretty solid because a lot of people thought Gogo would go within the top 10 even. Um, so I feel as if like they got great value in Goga. Um, they can easily, they have amazing depth right now. Um, depth. And, um, you know, it wasn't a bad pick. They could have drafted, you know, someone way worse like the Suns did. Cam Johnson, a, tw- a 23-year-old um, who was flagged for his hip injuries uh, at number 11, who they, who they gave up. Now, now, here, now, here we, now here we go. We could have drafted Kobe White and solved our problems and not have gave Ricky Rubio the $51 million or whatever we paid him. We could have drafted um, Cam Reddish. We could have drafted, uh, I don't know, other, other prospects other than Cam Johnson, who is projected Hachimura. Hachimura. Uh, I mean, listen, some people, um, Mike Schmitz and um, Jonathan Gavorni from ESPN, the head draft prospects, they they projected Hachimura to go late 20s and even some thought that he'd go in the second round. So I don't know because he's under he's undersized at six nine. Um, if the the Wizards have a huge, huge um, void at the three and four positions now that Bobby Portis left, um, now Troy Brown Jr. from Oregon he's gonna he's gonna have to step up. He's undersized at the position. Um, they have Isaiah Thomas at point guard right now. Um, that's gonna be an interesting thing. I have, personally, I have the Wizards at the 13th position in the East, dropping them that far um, because of that. They, they're gonna have to start Thomas Bryant, which he's not bad. Um, yeah, the four he's, posi- he's good. He's good. Um, they say sign him to like a three-year, 18 million dollar extension or something. Um, but Isaiah Thomas, they give they give Tomas, who was very. I mean, I'm not saying Tomas was very good. But he was serviceable until John Wall came back, and I think he was like he's making six mil maybe in the in Chicago. Um, I think I think I'm not. I know he signed in Chicago. I don't know how much, um, but they have Isaiah Thomas who didn't prove himself in Denver, and then they have Bradley Beal. Obviously, he's gonna be the star of the team. Um, he didn't sign the extension, did he? No, he hasn't signed anything. Okay, yet. okay, because. I knew the general manager, um, Shepard's the last name, I forget his first name, but the general manager for the Washington Wizards, um, do, do you know his first name? I forget. Tommy, maybe? Tony, Tommy Shepard, something like that. Um, obviously, the Wizards are looking for not only a wing, um, they're hoping Isaiah Thomas can bring back um, his Celtic style, um, where he was um, pulled almost through that MVP season, um, almost MVP. He, fourth quarter legend um was it like 26 per game or something 
he put up? It was 28. Whatever. 28. Even even better. Like, um, it's insane. Insane. Like what they what they're expecting of him. If he doesn't pull through, he's obviously a defensive liability. But that Wizards team, I have them as a 13 seed. Rui Hachimura is gonna probably have to step up and play immediately. Um, who do you think starting at their four position right now? I think it's Jeff Green. They don't have Jeff Green. Jeff Green's in Utah. He went to Utah. I think it, yeah, I think it would probably be. Uh, it might be it might go small and play Hachimura, or you could try Bertans because they got him from uh, San, Antonio. San Antonio, and they could they could just have him there. He's I mean he's basically just a stretch forward, but like uh, that's valuable to some extent, especially when you have like Thomas Bryant can't shoot, so it's like. I mean, it's it's worth the effort. Plus, it's more spacing for Bradley Beal because he's obviously going to be the clear number one option on that team. It's never good when like a rookie is like your third best option, but that's how it is for that Hachimura on that team. It seems like, but I'm not too high on him. I think I have him as like the 12th or 13th seed as well. All right, so we're going to talk about maybe one or two teams, and then we'll go to the NBA draft and we'll call it a day. Um, so right now, we didn't talk about the Houston Rockets with Russell Westbrook going there. Um, we didn't talk about Anthony Davis to the LA Lakers. Um, we didn't talk about the Pelicans, who added Zion Williamson, they had Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart. And then, uh, let's see here. Other teams, Pistons, obviously, added, uh, they added Derrick Rose. Um, the Miami Heat added Jimmy Butler. And the New York Knicks added like four or five power forward slash centers. Um, Personally, I think we'll talk about the Houston Rockets first. You have Russell Westbrook and James Harden in that backcourt. Um, something's got to be... There's only one ball. Um, Russell Westbrook is obviously ball dominant, but also James Harden is. So, I mean, Mike D'Antoni made it work with Chris Paul and James Harden. They obviously made it to the semifinals two years in a row. Um, what do you think, Jack, about that uh, Russell Westbrook pairing in Houston? And do either of those two have a chance of winning the MVP this year? I would say... Uh, Harden might just because he could put up similar scoring numbers or not similar scoring numbers but like still put up 30 a game I think even with Westbrook as his teammate but I think it's going to work actually I'm a, a little bit higher on them than most people are probably have them as like a top 3 seed um, really? just because yeah just because I think um, Westbrook surrounded by shooters and then with Capella as a big man is better than what he's been surrounded with in like OKC for the past like whatever three four years since Durant left like if you think about it he's been playing next to like Andre Roberson like Terrence Ferguson Jeremy Grant guys that weren't like ever really known as shooters or like even floor spacers at the least like Grant and Ferguson developed jumpers over time but Roberson still can't I mean, Roberson hit the backboard in a corner three. He's, he's, he can't shoot at all. So it's like, part of me thinks that the idea of surrounding Westbrook with shooting is like the perfect thing for him. And I think D'Antoni's a good enough coach where he can sort of stagger Harden and Westbrook where as long as one of them's on the court at all times, the offense can keep keep its flow and they don't even have to play that often together, but just like in the crunch time at the beginning of the games. I think the only only problem I have with that team is once you get past like the top like six or seven guys, you're really looking at like 
Tyson Chandler, Gerald Green, Ben McLemore, and I don't know if those guys are like championship rotation kind of guys. Like Tyson Chandler would have in the past, but he's like a 38 now, and then Ben McLemore is like a washed-up lottery talent. Who I guess could just be like a shooter for them, but you know, I just don't love their bench as much as I would like to. But I think to have, I think the experiment can work with Harden and Westbrook. Daryl Morey is a goddamn wizard, Jack. He's somehow got Russell Westbrook for Chris Paul and like, what was it, like four first-rounders, three first-rounders? I think three. Three first-rounders. And, um, you know, Russell Westbrook's obviously one of the best at his position. Um, and some, you know, even me, like I think like he's a great player, but they haven't done anything in the playoffs. But if you, if you surround him with James Harden, you surround him with shooters like Eric Gordon... Um, you know, Clint Capella is sort of like a, um, like a medium-sized, like Stephen Adams, or like they, they they have similar games. Um, but I have the I have the Rockets at a six seed right now. Um, and I have them losing to Utah in the first round. So, um, I wouldn't be surprised, you know, if they if you said like three seed, the Rockets, you know, they had a great uh, regular season. Um, what they get like a two seed or something, one seed. Uh, uh, last year I think they were just a four. They were a four seed last year, really. Stretch when they had like, uh, you know, they ran off like when Harden was going crazy. They were like twenty and five at one point. Yeah, Chris Paul is hurt, and James Harden went for that insane MVP year or uh, run. Um, Yeah. So when when I went through this, New Orleans Pelicans obviously. They got an insane amount of picks from the LA Lakers, an unprecedented uh, uh, amount of picks from the LA Lakers. Um, they also added Lonzo Ball. They added Josh Hart. They added Brandon Ingram. Um, they also got. Um, they obviously won the lottery. They got Zion Williamson. They have Drew Holiday. They signed JJ Redick away from the Philadelphia 76ers. So right now, um, I feel as if they're starting lineup. This is this could be the potential lineup. Um, I don't know about Brandon Ingram with his blood clots. But um, they have Lonzo Ball, they have Drew Holiday, Brennan Ingram, Zion Williamson, and um, man, who's going to be their starting center, Jack? Okafor? I would say, I would say Derek Favors. Favors. They also added Favors. That's my apologies. Um, they're an interesting team. I have them as a 10 seed right now. They could obviously exceed that and make it into the playoffs. Um, but they're going to be a very young team, but they're also a very talented team at the same time. So... Um, you know, Lonzo Ball to Zion Williamson, that's going to be very exciting this year. They're obviously going to be one of the most um, watched teams this year. David Griffin, the new general manager, he did an insane amount of uh, insane job um, turning the Anthony Davis situation into six draft picks. Lonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, Josh Hart, you know, all those players. Um, they're obviously going to be a much better team than last year, in my opinion. Um, Zion Williamson was not in shape in Summer League. Um, he got hurt, um, and he wasn't in shape because he knew he was going to be number one. He wasn't really working out for any teams too much. Um, and, uh, you know, I think Pelicans are going to be an insane team this year. Um, just not barely missing the playoffs by two spots. Um, but, you know, they're going to be an interesting team. They're one of the most, you know, hyped-up teams this year. They're going to be much better. And uh, I don't know, Jack, what do you think of the Pelicans? Like, do you think 10 seed is good? I think he's going to make the jump into the playoffs this year. Yeah, I also had them at the 10th spot. I do think um, 
interesting little side note is that JJ Redick has been on like six teams, but he's never missed the playoffs. And uh, it was one of those things where he, if you look back a couple years ago, he kind of picked the Sixers over the Clippers, which a lot of people thought was like a dumb move because the Sixers were like an up and coming team. They just had the one year of a beat and they didn't really know like what the team was going to be. And then they came out and won 50 games and they were the three seed. I don't think that's going to necessarily happen because just because it's in the West. I think there's too many stacked teams out West that it's going to be hard for them to rack up that many wins. But um, I do think when it comes to just like a fun team to watch and like excitement about like what the future can hold for them, it'll be like one of the more interesting teams to follow this year just because of like, even you look further down their bench, they still have like, uh, you know, coming off the bench, they have like Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes, Nikhil Alexander Walker, all guys that I think can produce on a on a good team in the future. They're they're still young, but they're still uh, you know need to take some steps. But I think they have like a legitimate group of like eight guys that can be there for like a long run. I mean, you're right. I, I Nikhil, Nikhil Alexander Walker, who's an amazing selection at. Um, was it 17 or 18? One of those two selections. 17. 17. Um, they're going to have an amazing rotation, to be honest with you. Jackson Hayes, he's more athletic than I thought he was. Um, he, had a, he had a great summer league when he played. And uh, Pelicans are going to be interesting this year. So we'll see how that happens. Um, two more teams I want to talk about real quick. Um, the Kemba Walker and Ty, uh, Terry Rozier trade um, with the Golden State Warriors and D'Angelo Russell. Um, that, that was an amazing trade. I think Golden State um, losing Kevin Durant. They lost Andre Iguodala, but Iguodala was a fair trade. He went to Memphis. Um, but Golden State Warriors, they lost Kevin Durant, and um, they added D'Angelo Russell. Obviously, Klay Thompson is um, hurt from the playoffs, so he's going to be starting in that backcourt with Steph Curry. Um, their three spot is... I don't even know, Jack. Who's their three spot? They signed Glenn Robinson, right? Yeah, but I would have it as McKinney, the guy that started for Durant. Alfonso McKinney. Last year. Yeah. And they, they got Kevin Looney for a three-year, $15 million deal. So he's only making five mil. Um, they signed Willie Cauley-Stein. I think the Warriors, if they get Clay Thompson for the playoffs. Now, people have said that he might be back after the All-Star break in February, um, early March. Um, that'd be great. But um, an ACL surgery to be back and playing full um, like pre-injury it's almost an entire year and he got injured in June so um, Clay Thompson he obviously wanted to be back um, as soon as possible when he had the injury he came back and like shot the play uh, a free throw with his injured uh, injured ACL so it's gonna be interesting with that right now I have them as a seven seed um, it'll be interesting to see how Alfonso McKinney if like what you said um, steps up in that role um, D'Angelo Russell, Steph Curry, and I mean Steph Curry, he could have an MVP year, Jack. I mean, yeah. without Clay Thompson and Kevin Durant, um, he's gonna have to step up in a huge role. Um, I don't think they missed the playoffs. They're still solid. They're still a good team. Um, without Kevin Durant and obviously Clay Thompson, two of their easily most important players next to um, Steph Curry and Draymond Green, who I have contending for the Defensive Player of the Year. Um, it's going to be interesting for the Golden State Warriors. They're not, they're no longer the title favorites. Um, but D'Angelo Russell left the Brooklyn Nets. Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant, who we just spoke, 
um, signed with Brooklyn. KD's going to be out the entire year. Brooklyn goes um, from D'Angelo Russell to Kyrie Irving. And then uh, Kemba Walker obviously goes to Boston instead of Charlotte. So I think the impact from this is Charlotte goes to you know a borderline playoff team. They missed up like one or two spots. I think that I have them as my 15th seed, Jack. Like um, they have Malik Monk, they have uh, Miles Bridges, they just drafted PJ Washington, um, and they obviously have Terry Rozier, who got a three-year, like 59 million dollar deal. Who I think is, you know, that's not um, what he should have been offered. But I have them as one of my worst teams just because without Kemba Walker, they they weren't they would not have even came close to the playoffs. So. Um, the impact. My question to you is the impact from Charlotte to Boston, who like from Kyrie Irving to Kemba Walker, and from Kemba Walker to Terry Rozier, which team had it worst, and like which difference of the players didn't get impacted the team the most? I think, I mean, Charlotte obviously was gonna have like the biggest fall off in wins. I obviously, I honestly don't hate the. Rozier signing as much as a lot of people do. I think it's an overpay, but it's not like one of the worst contracts in the league. Like people want to make it out to be. Like I think he no, had no, no, a no, down no. year last year for sure. But like, but I don't mind like their young guys either. Like I like the Washington draft. I like the uh, Malik Monk, Miles Bridges the last two three years, and then like. It's not. I just don't like the veterans that are there. Like the teams that they, the team that they built for Kemba Walker just wasn't working. So it's not going to work for Terry Rozier. Like Batum, Cody Zeller, Marvin Williams. Just isn't gonna. Isn't gonna do the trick in my eyes. And I mean, one of the teams I have dropping the most is the Detroit Pistons. Um, you know, Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin had the most usage percentage in the league last year. Um, and that's because if he's aging. Drummond, he's there, but the rebound... Contract year. Yeah, I mean, it's a contract year. Um, Derrick Rose, he's going to be, what, like 30, 31? Um, they still have Reggie Jackson. Uh, I just don't think the Pistons are going to be well that th- that well this year. I have the Bulls and the Heat above them. Um, the Bulls, they had a great offseason, adding Tomas and Thad. They drafted Kobe White. Um, they still have Zach Levine. They have Jabari... Uh, not Jabari Parker, that he left. Um... Otto Porter, uh, Larry Markin, and Wendell Carter. Uh, Wendell Carter was out last year for an injury. But I think the Bulls, they have an interesting year this year. Um, it's going to be a very important year for their young guys. Uh, Miami Heat, um, Jimmy Butler, they have Goran Dragic, Bam Adebayo, um, Kelly Olenek, James Johnson, Deion Waiters. I don't see them as too impactful this season. Tyler Hero had an amazing summer league. I have him as second in my Rookie of the Year voting. Um, I think he's going to have an important year. He could potentially break that starting lineup, um, depending on. Because I know Goran Dragic was on the trade block earlier in the summer. I don't know if that's true right now. Um, but those teams very interesting. Um, Pistons, Derrick Rose, Miami Heat, Jimmy Butler. They had to give up Josh Richardson to the Philadelphia 76ers, um, who I have as a number one seed this year, with uh, Ben Simmons, uh, Joel Embiid. They re-signed Tobias Harris to a 180 million dollar deal. Which I don't think they should have done, um, and they, they did lose JJ Redick as we discussed before. Um, so Jack, coming from the draft, we'll go more into that predi- uh, for the predictions next. Pod- um, hopefully in the future, 
we're trying to move to Spotify instead of SoundCloud. So hopefully you listeners will be able to go off Spotify um, as it's one of the most um, improving platforms. Um, but Jack, do you have any parting ways or parting words before we uh, end here? Because we're just about, we're at 59 minutes right now, Jack. So do you have any parting words or should we just like go off into the predictions next next uh, next podcast? Um, I'll just let it sink in that Goga's a dark horse or get your candidate. And I mean, also I have the Gucci wallet now, Jack, so... You know, you know, right, the, just, just dropping money. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, go good, Dark Horse, Rookie of the Year. Um, we went over um, most of the NBA offseason moves. Um, we didn't get to all of them, including Kemba Walker to the Celtics, and if that would be, or, or even Brooklyn. So um, hopefully, in a future podcast, we'll be able to get those predictions down. Um, thank you so much for listening to the Rain Threes podcast. Again, my name was Tyler, and my co host Jack was with me this entire way. Um, <laughs> We hope you guys listen to future podcasts, and thank you so much. We appreciate it.